the Mind Body Musings podcast. Today, I'm in a mood to jump straight on into the content. And um, that's what I'm going to do. So here we go. Today, I want to be talking about what it means to be a, quote, black sheep of your family unit, your friend group, and why this is a gift to you, to your soul, to the world. And some insight on how to maneuver such a situation and some of the things that you can expect to experience in a situation like this. So I'm going to talk about being a black sheep, being different, having different dreams, desires, or just a different way that you work as a human being that's unfamiliar to those around you and how to deal with that. And before I go into that, I want to do a, a listener question, and I debated for a bit making the entire podcast episode about this one question, but I felt that it would be better to make this one an intro question, like I told y'all, I'm doing this My Musings segment, so this will be amusing from the audience, and the other thing I'm going to talk about is also a question that I received. I received it from someone in the Feminine Spirit School which is an eight-week course program that I put on for those who are interested in finding, creating their own feminine fire and flow. So it's called the Feminine Spirit School. It's currently closed for registration, but that will be opening up again in the fall. If you want to be notified of that, make sure you go to maddiemoon.com forward slash feminine dash spirit, and you will be put on the list that I will email out to whenever the doors open for the next registration. So this first question comes on Instagram after my last podcast episode on embodiment. And it's such a good question that I just had, I had to talk about it on here. Um, She says, Camille says, hey lady, OMG, (laughs) embodiment for the modern woman was freaking amazing. So happy to have more solo episodes coming. I have a question about embodiment. I feel like embarrassment makes me scared to act, say, live the way I want. To work on it through embodiment, would I be focusing on how it feels to be embarrassed and uncover that deeper in my body to create my art from that or embody an archetype of it instead? Okay, so fabulous question. The answer, of course, I'm sure you could see this coming. The answer is all of the above. Every single thing works as long as you're playing with the emotion. But here are two things that come up for me. I assume, I imagine that underneath embarrassment is some sense of grief. Because I think embarrassment is a surface level. Embarrassment comes from Um, doing things differently than society has taught you to do. So feeling like an outsider, there is shame that comes up. I've talked about this on another podcast and that shame literally would not exist without society. It is a societal construct. It comes from society and it will die with society. 
So I think embarrassment is, it's humiliation. It's, it's, being seen, like really fully seen, and being seen in a way that is not probably normal or not like everybody else. So one thing that you could do if you wanted to go into the deeper emotion is go a little bit underneath embarrassment and and find out what is underneath that emotion for you. I won't put words into your mouth by saying that it is, is grief, but for me at least, I know that if I'm going to be embarrassed by doing something, let's say I stand up on a stage and I fumble through my words when I'm publicly speaking and I get off the stage and I start crying and I'm bawling and I'm embarrassed, I'm embarrassed and that feeling uh, underneath that is, is grief of not doing something right, of not being perfect, of not feeling accepted. So what I would do, the first suggestion is simply something as setting a container, an embodiment practice for 10 minutes where you lie on your bed and you play music that helps you touch into your embarrassment uh, level three emotion, whatever is like deeper than embarrassment, whatever that is for you. Pardon the sirens in the background. So um, if you want to start just with embarrassment, you certainly can. I just think that there's a deeper layer you can go into that will actually help uh, find what the root cause, the root cause truly is for you not acting the way that you want to act in life. Because I don't think it's simply that you don't want to be embarrassed. I think it's the feeling you have when you're embarrassed. It is the surrounding emotions when you are embarrassed. It's when I get embarrassed, I actually feel X, Y, Z. When I'm embarrassed, I really feel shame. I feel like a disappointment. I feel not accepted. Those are the things you want to touch. So that's one of the things I would recommend to you is having a 10-minute embodiment practice of whatever that deeper emotion is. And you play music and maybe you touch your body and you feel into the most tender part of your heart that feels X, that feels grief, that feels unaccepted, that feels different from everybody else. Kind of like what we're talking about on today's podcast with the black sheep. Um, And maybe you even go into memories, like memories as a child of being embarrassed and what that what that brought up for you as a kid. What lesson did you learn that first time that you remember being truly embarrassed? Was it that love was then withheld from you? whether from a family member or from yourself. Maybe you lost friends. Maybe your friends laughed at you. Uh, I was certainly bullied in elementary school. I have this mole on my face, as many of you probably know, and I also have this birth... It's not a birthmark, but I had this birth thing that I was born with around my hand and I had surgery in the third grade to have it removed. So now it's a scar and it looks like a burn. But before it looked like I had a whole bunch of warts on my hand, which I didn't, but that's what it looks like and kids are very cruel. And so I was bullied a lot whenever I was younger And I remember, especially with the mole on my face, boys would tell other boys how ugly I was. I one time had a boy that was going to be my boyfriend in sixth grade. And when he got up close to me, he saw how ugly I was. And he had his friend come to my door, knock on my door, me open my door and say, oh, it's Drew. It's, It's Brady's best friend. And Drew said, oh, Brady wants to break up with you. 
And then I asked why, and he said, because he didn't realize you were so ugly, and he pointed to his face where my mole was. And I remember my heart was broken. This is not the only time this has happened. I had boys who were in older grades go to my boy friend at the time and say, do you realize how ugly your girlfriend is? And uh, sometimes they'd stick up for me and sometimes they'd be like, yeah, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was bullied a lot. And I've had, I've had this mole on my face cut off of my face twice because I was so embarrassed from it. And it came back both times. And um, yeah, it was really hard. And I dealt with a lot of emotions of, of like, I'm not beautiful. Boys are going to break up with me because I'm not, my face isn't pretty. And uh, you can better believe that I feel more insecure about my face than you would think. I definitely have some surface emotions. And so the feeling when I opened my door as a sixth grader and was told I was ugly was embarrassment. Underneath it was shame, was grief, was sadness, was what unworthiness. And so as an adult, when I am working with the fear of embarrassment, it's not embarrassment I'm working with. It's everything else underneath it that society has taught me to feel such as unworthiness, acceptance, all of those things. So my encouragement to you would be to go deeper. And that's for the first practice. That is a simple embodiment practice where you touch that part of your heart and you will most likely end up crying. And by crying and allowing yourself to cry, you're going to let emotions move through your body. And if you don't cry, you're still doing it right. My encouragement would just be to go deeper and deeper and deeper and gently touch the places in your heart or in your chest or in your pinky toe, wherever you feel those emotions live. And just touch them and be with them. And I mean emotionally touch them. You don't have to literally touch those parts of your body, but to emotionally touch those parts tenderly and love them and enter them and, and give them space and let them be and validate them. The other thing, if you wanted to have a more playful experience with this, is to do something that would be considered embarrassing, to do it publicly, to be seen. So if you want to play with the actual emotion of embarrassment rather than the deeper ones, then I would say, go and like you asked, could I become this as an archetype? My answer is yes, absolutely. So find a character who embarrasses themselves often and adopt that archetype for an afternoon. For example, I don't know if it was um, yeah, it was my last podcast episode. I talked about this. Courtney Love. So, right, Courtney Love says the most outrageous, ridiculous things on stage. She is not afraid to be her full out self. And because one of the ways that I want to be seen is perfect, because that's deep within my body to be this perfect woman who looks a certain way, acts a certain way, have everything put together. Courtney Love is an archetype I have played with in order to seem messy, and it is embarrassing. So embarrassment is something I'm also playing with whenever I'm being Courtney Love. But you can think of a character um, that is just straight up always embarrassing themselves. There's a woman, if you Google this, I'll uh, try to find the, the link to this in on YouTube and put it in the show notes, but there's a woman who has filmed this compilation of her falling down. So she has this 
whole video. I don't know how long it is, but it's a pretty long video of her falling down publicly. And she did this on purpose. She would go to places and just trip and fall flat on her face, whether it was like in a fast food joint, she'd be grabbing her food and then she would just stumble, stumble, fall, 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 fall. And then she'd do it on the beach and she'd just do it all over the place just to film herself and film people's reactions. That is hilarious. And it's a beautiful way that she played with the shadow. I don't think she purposefully was like, I'm gonna play with my embarrassment shadow. But she did this and if you wanted to play with your embarrassment, the the way to do it is to go and embarrass yourself. That's a straight up way to do this. So your archetype for a day could be this woman who falls basically for a living and films videos of it. And you could go out to a public place and purposefully fall, but amplify it, right? Because whatever you think you're doing that's becoming that archetype, it's most likely at like a 30, 20%. And so... Even if you think you're playing full out, my encouragement to you would, would up, up at 100 more percent. Up at 100 percent. And this is oftentimes, we're not going to go into this, but this is what we do in relationships. Like we think, oh, but I'm expressing my emotion to him. I'm revealing to him. I'm sad. Okay, well, most of the time when you think you're revealing at 100 percent, it's actually being transmitted to him at like a 20%. Like it's so little that he might miss it or she might miss it, whoever you are bearing your heart and soul to. So amplify, amplify, amplify. If I could think about other embarrassment archetypes, um, you could, you could take on just the role of a comedian for a day. So maybe you become Will Ferrell for a day or you become Jim Carrey for a day and you do embarrassing things like you're at a park and you just jump right into the water fountain that's spewing water from the ground and you sing the sound of music spinning around in the water. Like what is going to embarrass you? Go do that thing. Go become that character. If falling embarrasses you or even speaking your truth embarrasses you or acting like a child embarrasses you or looking too carefree or being messy, I don't know if it was on my podcast or if it was in the Feminine Spirit School that I talked about this, but one of the things that um, John and Kendra, my teachers, had told me to do is to go to a bar and pretend to be drunk and sing sloppy karaoke. And so that is an archetype to play with. If you want to be seen as perfect and you want to challenge yourself to go into your embarrassment and play with that energy, go do drunk karaoke, but don't actually be drunk. Be completely sober and pretend to be sloppy and drunk and get up on that stage and have your lipstick outside of the lines and have one of your dress spaghetti straps kind of off your shoulder and maybe be wearing two different shoes and sing, uh, you know, whatever song, I, I I would probably sing a Grease song because that is my number one favorite movie. And if I'm ever going to sing karaoke, you better believe I'm going to be singing Grease. Uh, so that's a really fun energy that you could play with is the drunk karaoke girl and doing it sober. So there's tons of different ways you can play with this. So one of the recommendations I gave you is more of the raw realness and the other one is making art and playfulness out of your embarrassment 
Try both of those, Camille, and get back to me. And, and this goes for everyone listening to this podcast episode. What is the thing that you're struggling with? I think the reason why I talked about this on the podcast is because I really think that this embarrassment thing is really big for a lot of women because we have the pressure to be perfect, to be seen as perfect, as thin, as beautiful, as put together, as eloquent, as mature, but also like innocent and sweet. Like we have so many expectations put on us. So this embarrassment question, I have a feeling it holds back a lot of people, this texture of embarrassment. You don't get on YouTube to film your first video because you're afraid you'll look bad. You don't create this podcast that you've been dreaming of making because you're afraid no one will listen and that will be embarrassing. You are afraid to have your first coaching session because what if you don't have the answer to your client's question? And how will that make you look? You'll be embarrassed. And it's the emotions that come up with embarrassment that we are afraid to feel. It's not the embarrassment. It's what comes with the embarrassment. And that's what you want to enter. And I, I feel this so close, so close to home because I was raised to be pretty put together. I, I was raised to put on lip gloss before I left the house and to be a lady. I was literally taught when I was young, to be a, a lady, not a woman. A woman was actually wild. Being a lady was good and pure and holy and right. And being a lady is what a man would eventually buy because a man won't buy the cow if he can get the milk for free. So I had to be a lady in order to be bought one day and then to have the privilege of being the woman on a amazing man's arms. And I'm not going down that path today. That's just, I'm just like dropping these things in because a lot of our stories and the ways that we were raised, they connect. They connect to create the shadows that we have today. So if your shadow is being embarrassed for not being perfect, then, well, more than likely, somewhere in your journey and your path, you were taught that it is embarrassing to do X, Y, Z, to stumble your words, to be wrong, to be big, to be loud, to be messy, to eat with your mouth open. Like there's just a whole bunch of things. So it's not embarrassment. It's the things underneath it. And those things are society created, society structured. If we didn't have society, you wouldn't give a flying cahoots what you did. If your shoes didn't match, if your hair was in a rat's nest, you would not care because society wouldn't have told you that it was wrong. So you wouldn't have the emotions come up that that embarrassment bring. You wouldn't have those. So you probably wouldn't be paying your bills on time either. Or you'd be talking over people when they're talking because you wouldn't have society's cues to know what to do. So society is also great in some ways. It teaches us things to do, like shaking people's hands and letting people finish their sentences and paying our dues so that we can have nice parks and bridges and, and uh, putting ourselves together because how we dress does matter. It does matter in how our messages are transmitted to other people. Like today I wore 
a dress and this really cute choker, even though I'm not even being seen today. I'm just doing all of this because I know that when I'm dressing my body and adorning my body in ways that feel good, my messages come across differently than if I was to not brush my teeth and wear my sweatpants all day long and still do the same work. It's just different. So I'm going all over the place. And this question, which I assumed would just be a five minute answer, turned out to be half the podcast. So the beautiful thing is all of this ties in together. So the other thing I want to talk about is, is simply being a black sheep. And like I said, this is so closely related. All of this is the same exact thing that we're talking about. So the question that I was asked in the Facebook Live for the Feminine Spirit School comes from a woman who moved back home to live on her family's farm with her family who is full of quote hard workers who want her to eventually take over the family business. I might not have all those details perfectly spot on but that gives you enough to know where she is coming from and I love this question because it can be brought in to relate to all of us in some capacity. I know I certainly can relate to this of being a very spiritual, um, tantric, uh, um, I'm like lacking, I'm lacking words to describe how I am. And I think that's actually a good thing because I'm so not interested in putting myself into a box and you know me, you don't need me to give words to describe me, but I come from a family of Southern conservatives, so it's just very different. My political views are different. My spiritual views are different. My uh, just methods on how I want to live my life and how I connect with people are different, and that's that. And this woman comes from a family of very hard workers, and I think when she says that with quotes, she means people who value long hours, back-bending work, because I know that working on a farm includes a lot of physical labor, it's all physical labor, really, and she's in the feminine spirit school, so what does that tell you about her? She's very interested in being in her feminine pleasure, being embodied, having a harmony between the yin and the yang. She's probably very creative, very intuitive, empathic, feels emotion strongly. I'm making a lot of just different assumptions, but I also have been able to observe her conversation in the feminine spirit school, and I think I have a good grasp on the direction that she's moving in. But it sounds like she's moving away from the 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 lineage she comes from of this hard work means working long hours, go, 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 got to keep going. That's like more of this wounded masculine energy, right? And I have had another client that I worked with upwards of almost two years. And she also, she does work on a farm. And similar to this other woman, both of them live at home with their family. And I have another client who lives at home with her family. So I know it's a very interesting experience to be on this path to healing and recovering and spirituality and growth and maybe finding your own passion, purpose, creating a business while working at home, while being in the very environment that you are growing away from, being a black sheep, being in a family unit where everyone feels like they think the same way and they work the same way and why do I not work this way? Why am I different? I'll tell you the the first thing that I told her in the Facebook Live. I said that I truly believe we were, before we were ever born, we were spirits deciding what body we were going to be reincarnated into. And I think that our spirits choose which life that we live. I think that 
my spirit was floating around in the ether before I was born in this body, in this family unit. And depending on which lessons I wanted to learn in this lifetime, I chose this this family, this body to be born into in, in this time period to be born into because there were lessons that I needed to learn and this family would give those lessons to me, this body, this life would give those lessons to me. And I would like to think that I've also served a purpose already of creating the show and being a coach and serving women and serving humanity to, to the capacity that I have so far. And I don't know what my future holds, but I'd like to think that also my voice was needed during this time to help people who feel stuck, become unstuck, to help them create their own businesses, to do whatever it is that I do, to be myself, to, to help serve the world. I like to think that. And I believe that for anyone who is born inside of a family unit where things are very different from the way that they want to live their lives, you probably chose that family, chose that body to be reincarnated so that you could learn the lessons you need to learn. So I imagine that with my client, the feminine spirit school student, and the situation that she's currently in of being in this family full of hardworking, masculine type figures who do this backbending work, working on a farm, who want her to take over the business, she is being called into this situation where she has to truly sit with her own desires first and foremost, because she can easily go into this job and do all this work and, and have this kind of lifestyle. But there's a reason why she's in the school. She's in the school because she realizes that the way she's been living her life is not the way that she wants to be living her life. This job that she has and working on this farm is not her true calling. And so there's probably some qualities that are being built right now, such as speaking your truth, being firm in your truth, feeling confident in your truth that are first, that's the foundation level before taking any action of actually stepping away from the family, the family business, I mean, and maybe even moving out. And so that right there should give you some... Um, some, some compassion and some love for yourself. If you feel that you are different from your family, trust that your spirit knew what she was doing whenever she decided to be reincarnated in your family. Your family full of very different people. Maybe you were also born in a very conservative Christian household such as I was and your spirit's now like, hey, what's up? I have different beliefs. I feel differently about relationships and sexuality and intimacy and God and who God is and my spirit. And, and I'm listening to these podcasts that my family would think are crazy to listen to. I cannot tell you how many people at my retreats come together at the retreat and ask each other, how did you explain to your family that you were going to this retreat? What did you call this retreat? My family doesn't understand. My friends don't even understand. I tend to attract people who feel like no one understands them. It's true. And that's why I love hosting my retreats because it's a way that people who feel like no one understands them can come together into, into a room and feel completely understood and held and loved for exactly who they are. There's a couple things here to look at. Like one is the the foundation is you coming to terms with who you are in this moment doesn't mean that you're going to be this way forever, but who you are right now, accepting, embracing and loving the crap out of her. That very well might be the foundational reason that your soul chose that body. You would be put into a situation where you would be forced to either give in to the pressure that everyone else is putting on you and live that life, which is totally fine if that's the one you choose, just please do it with sovereignty where you own 
the fact that you were living that life and you would rather live that life and be this way and learn to be this way rather than be any other way and own that because you're not a victim. You're choosing that. Or the other lesson that you could be learning is being in a family that's just so different from you that your soul is forced to stand up for yourself and love yourself for your differences and love them for not accepting everything that you are, every way that you are. That's a huge lesson to learn is to feel different, feel like the black sheep, love yourself for being the black sheep regardless of how black sheepish you feel and then learn how to unconditionally love those who do not understand you right? And also not need the approval of others. For the women who have come to my retreat, who have felt very different for wanting to go to this feminine surrender retreat, whereas their friends don't understand what they're going to and feel like it's kind of weird and maybe they're judging them. For them to come anyways, that's a huge act of self-love for them. I love myself so much that I'm going to go to this retreat, even though no one understands what I'm doing. I'm going to do it because my soul asks me to do it. And I'm still going to love all of those people who do not understand me for doing this. Do you understand how emotionally mature that is? What a gift that is. To be able to stand up for yourself so powerfully. You're going to do what feels good to your soul and continue to love those who are different from you, who do not fully support everything that you do. I have gone through so many things day after day after day. Not so much anymore because I feel that my family's like, okay, this is Madeline. We, we get it. We get it. We get it. But when I first started traveling, when I did my solo travel and I left for Asia, there was so much disappointment and fear and uh, just like, ah, coming from my family because they did not, it was all through love. They didn't want me to go to Asia and be on a different continent so far from them. And there was fear because they didn't, they had never experienced having a daughter leave the nest in such a way and with a one-way ticket. One thing we have to understand is that when we go down a different path than what our family is used to, they are going through their own experience. We have our experience. We, for, to, to some very large extent, we need to stay in our own lane and we need to become pure love. We need to focus on our lane, focus on why we are doing something different, why we are leaving the family farm, why we are choosing to have a different kind of spiritual path or go into being a nun or a monk, even though our family is completely different or... Um, go into a job that is not corporate and create our own business. We need to stay in our lane and remember why we're doing it for us and not make anyone else wrong for not understanding it. That is the key to remain committed to our own why and understand that other people are going to have their own process. For example, when I went to Asia, my mother was very worried, very fearful. There's a lot of different things that she was not expecting her daughter to do, like get an elephant tattoo on my arm and have a one-way ticket to Asia. And my mother and my father both didn't expect me to create my own business the day after I graduated from college. There's many a things I have done that they do not get. Some things I share, some things I do not. I do not go to them and, and seek their approval for things that I just know that they, they're not going to get. When I did ayahuasca, I didn't go up to them and say, how many do ayahuasca, like, do you approve? So part of our journey is to learn that we are our own source of approval, truly. And that is our number one source of empowerment, is our own validation, recognition, and acceptance of saying, 
I want to go to this retreat. I want to build this business. I want to do ayahuasca. I want to become Hindu. And let that be enough. Your own desire, let that be enough. And I invite you not to get stuck into the why. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do, why am I different? Why is, we are just so like children. Why, why, why? We just don't do it quite as obviously. We don't ask why a million times over. We do it a little bit more sneaky. We're asking why all day long, but it's about bigger topics. Why do I think that I might be interested in women now? Why do I want to go to this retreat, whereas all of my friends don't have any interest in things like this? Why do I think it's weird to go eat by myself at a restaurant? Like We get stuck in the why, and sometimes we're so stuck in the why that we never actually do the thing, because we think we need to unpack it first and understand it fully rather than doing the thing, which is the opposite of embodiment, by the way. Getting stuck in the head is the opposite of doing the thing with your body. Physically going to that retreat that you're leaning into and you're wanting to go to, well, you're embodying the idea of being at the retreat by actually going to it. When you're constantly trying to sit down and unpack why you want to go to this retreat, you get so in your head and so heady and you become this five-year-old child that's like, why, why, why? Just, you don't realize it. So... Being a black sheep is a gift. It is a gift to yourself, to your soul, so you can continue to learn the lessons that you need to learn here on planet Earth during this time period. It is a gift to your family, believe it or not. You learning, you stepping into this business idea that you want to chase after. Maybe you're leaving your safe, cozy, comfy, nine-to-five job, and you're going to build your own business your family unit, if they are so not used to that, they're going to have their own experience. Your father might be very afraid because he wants to make sure his baby is taken care of. So he's going to say to you, no, it's very unpredictable. Uh, You can't do that. It's very confusing to do your taxes. Oh my gosh, where you live, the taxes are terrible. You're going to be dealing with so many different situations. Oh, you need to hire a lawyer. Like they might throw all of these things at you that are going to overwhelm you so much and make you want a second guess your decision to do this. But if you continue to stay in your own lane and stay devoted to this internal yearning just to try it out doesn't mean you have to do it forever but at least say I'm going to try this because my soul keeps calling me to do this your father then is going to be forced to have his own experience of letting go of control you're going to do your own thing he is going to have to let go of control of what you do so he's going to grow It might not be pleasant, it might not be smooth, it might not be this beautiful, luscious transition where he understands and you are like totally going into this new idea and career fearlessly and you're going to make a six-figure paycheck the first year. This might not work out seamlessly and beautifully. It might be totally nonlinear. Hint, it will be nonlinear. And them fully embracing this newness, you leaving the farm, you building your own business, you becoming Hindu, you becoming a nun, whatever it is that you choose to do, by you just doing it, they are forced to grow in their own way. And how they grow, it's not up to you. All you can do is remain true to your heart and my encouragement, and this is a deep practice, but continue to love them however they show up. That doesn't mean that you go over to their house every Sunday for dinner if they're triggering you by constantly putting ideas of fear in your mind. 
that, you know, the business is going to be so hard, you're never going to make it. If they're doing that, maybe don't go over to dinner every Sunday night, but continue to love them and to send them their best wishes. So here's my, to wrap this all up, being a black sheep is a gift. It forces others to grow too. And your soul ends up learning the lessons that your soul came here and chose that body and chose that family and chose those friends in order to learn these exact lessons. And maybe one of the lessons is how to choose different friends, how to stand up for yourself and walk away from what is no longer serving you while still loving those around you. In whatever regard, whatever aspect that you're currently feeling like a black sheep in, know that you have this longing and you have this calling for a reason. My invitation to you would not to be not to get stuck in the why. Why am I different from my family? Why am I all of a sudden interested in these things? Allow yourself to let go of the why for now and simply acknowledge your yearnings and your desires and how you're different from everybody else and validate it. Okay, so I'm a liberal in a family of conservatives. Okay, so I am not very masculine. I'm actually more sensitive and empathic and feminine. And instead of asking, why am I in this family of people who can work hard and do back-breaking work all day long and not complain, but yet it's so hard for me? And instead say, it's challenging for me to do this kind of physical labor with my body. I don't know why, and that's okay. It just is. And I desire a more feminine career where I can allow myself to do more art and to use my empathic abilities more and to coach people and to be by a computer and to travel the world and to simply acknowledge the, the feelings and the yearnings that you have rather than getting stuck in the why. That's the first step. So if you are desiring or seeking any additional personalized help with this, reach out to me. Let's see what magic we can create. Whether it's just having one session where we dive deep into this and help you get clear on some of the transitions you want to make or just some of the qualities, some of the the things about you that you just want to validate and accept as you. And if you want to have a session that revolves around that of simply breathing and bringing into existence what makes you you, and speaking your differences from your family's differences and making them okay and having someone there to listen and hold space for you, email me. I would love to have a session with you where we slow down. Typically, I do six months of coaching or 12 months of coaching, but I am also open to just doing single sessions because I'm realizing that now more than ever, people are really desiring just to have some validation for who they are and have some guidance on those next steps. So hello at maddiemoon.com is my email. You can also go to my website, maddiemoon.com. There's also a retreat coming up this November, The Embodied Archetype. You can read all about that at maddiemoon.com forward slash events. And that's all I want to share today. Let me know how this podcast episode impacted you by going to Instagram and leaving a comment on the Instagram little video for this episode or sending me a direct message. I would love to hear from you. And that's all for this week. Have a wonderful rest of your day, your evening, wherever you are in the world. And I'll come at you with another episode next Wednesday. <laughs>